0: Friends, welcome back to Maya, my yoga audio. I'm your host, Megan Morgan, and we are back with the guest. I can't wait to introduce you to my hairdresser, Camille Janae. And now if you're a woman with curly hair and particularly if you're also a woman of color, this is your lucky day. Camille is a hair care professional educator and a specialist who teaches clients and other salon stylists all over the country how to properly and simply take care of their curls. Her salon is called Mahogany and Rose, and I've been going to see her since 2019 after I first met her at an Afro yoga gatherings event hosted by Angie Franklin, who's been on the show before. The amazing news is we just met up again at the fifth annual Afro yoga event just a couple of weeks ago. And Camille also did my hair for a stylist class she hosted in Berkeley And we've had some time to reflect on how far we've both come and how healing learning to take care of our hair properly is. And so we're here today to share Camille's journey and tips with all of you. She's just moved into a brand new salon space, which if you're joining us on YouTube, you can see a little bit of that behind her here. And she's currently in the process of hiring some other stylists to help guide all of us and has a curl coaching circle starting on december 10th where you can learn from home all the in-depth ways you can learn to care for your curls for your best results ever we're going to get into all of that but first camille i want to thank you for being on the show today
1: hi megan thank you for having me i'm so excited for this conversation
0: i am too it's it's always a revelatory experience every time (laughs) i come to see you and and it is truly truly healing and I, I want you to, I mean, I've kind of introduced you, but I would love for our listeners to hear from you about who you are and your personal hair journey and however long or short that is, just talking about what that means to you.
1: Yeah. Um, Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I I appreciate it. Um, Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Camille Janae. Um, I am a curly hair specialist and educator uh, based in Sacramento, California. Uh, a little bit about my personal hair journey. I became fascinated with natural hair in high school. Towards the end of high school, um, specifically with locks. And at the time, I was. Um, are you familiar with uh, Wave Nouveau? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I have Wave Nouveau in high school. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. Which I later learned was basically a jerry curl. (laughs) Um, So I had that, thought I was looking cute, came um, to understand what locks were and what it meant to go natural in order to get locks. And um, I got the big chop my senior year of high school. So I had my mom take me to her stylist and shave off my hair. So my family, including my mom, thought I was having a mental breakdown, but I truly was just curious about learning about my curls. Um, So that kind of sparked my interest in curly hair care Um, and I went down the rabbit hole that most of us have with YouTube and all the tutorials and concoctions and things like that Um, and I got into braiding hair so while I was in college um, I learned how to braid my own hair and then learned how to braid um, my classmates and friends hair so I was doing that out of my dorm room um, and trying to figure out ways to help people care for their hair especially in college where we didn't really know how to Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that was kind of the early part of my journey, and I continued doing hair on the side for years until I finally decided to pursue it as a career. Um, And what sparked that is seeing that so many of my braiding clients were getting braids as a way to avoid um, caring for their own hair, um, just out of frustration and overwhelm. And so I wanted to be able to specialize in helping folks care for their actual hair. and not just covering it and hiding it. Um, So along that way, I was learning how to care for my own hair. Um, I've worn it shaved, I've had locks, I've done braids, I've dyed it pink, purple, blue. (laughs) all the colors of the rainbow. Um, so really having fun with it, um, as well as dealing with the same frustrations my clients were. So um, along the way, I learned a more simplified approach and have been able to kind of hone in on that in a way to share it with others. Um, so that was kind of a, a quick, I guess, meshing of my professional and personal hair journey.
0: Yeah,
1: I. we've all been there. I had to
0: cherry curl in high school <laughs> so, or middle school more so high school i found the creamy crack so um, <laughs> we've, we've definitely been through uh the gamut of hair experiences and it's interesting because we're i think at least a decade apart in age i think i'm about 10 or 12 years older than you are but it was in college too that i got into braiding i still esther thank god for her she was from ghana and she same thing she was like the you at my college she did everybody's hair and, Go and yeah. spend a Sunday with her and yeah you're right and it was really more of just like I can't deal with this so like put it in braids and it looks great you know that was like the right. style at the time and and uh I've only had braids once I think in the last 10 years or so and it actually resulted in a lot it was beautifully done but it, it resulted in a lot of damage like for the first time in my life I really noticed it and I was like oh no so yeah it's definitely uh we've had some similar experiences there and i know for people listening who've also been through we've all been there i wondered if we could get into what you think are the biggest say three or few handful of misconceptions about caring for kinky and curly hair i know the oil and water one is probably (laughs) a big one but what do you think there's so much we have to learn and unlearn
1: yeah yeah big misconception i guess kind of going off of that is that we need heavy oils and butters in order to care for our hair um so that's a big misconception we actually not only do we not need it but it's actually preventing us from achieving healthy hydrated hair um i think another big underlying one is that our hair is inherently more difficult to do. Um, And that goes for stylists as well as consumers alike thinking that the tighter the curl is or the coarser the texture that it's going to be more of a challenge. Um, And that just isn't the case. It's just that there hasn't been proper education around how to do it um, and how to do it in a really simplified way. Um, What else? I think that's the biggest thing because so much stems from that with thinking that it's difficult, then there's also the misconception that the routine has to be overcomplicated or take all day. Um, So yeah, thinking that it's difficult and thinking that it needs to be uh, covered. I guess another one that we need protective styles. Mm -hmm. That's the big misconception. Our hair doesn't need protection. Those styles aren't protective. They're actually causing more harm than good. Um, So yeah, I usually ruffle a few feathers uh, (laughs) when I address a lot of those misconceptions.
0: (laughs) I wanted to bring up
1: here, to reinforce that point,
0: this morning I was like scrolling through your Instagram before um, we came on here and I, I saw your video about watering your plant and like, oh, should I coat this in oil after I'm done to seal in the moisture? And it's so funny when you think about it that way. But we've been conditioned for so long and with products themselves. Actually, maybe you could speak on that a little bit because I've used like 1500 products, I'm sure, like everybody else out there. But I found when I stick with the, what works and there's a couple of products before I met you that have worked well and I was relieved to find out they were they were still good. But there's additional products, but not a ton that I've been introduced to since meeting you that if that also has made a huge difference in like how my hair responds to um after being you know wash day like you said is no longer like the whole day it doesn't take hours and hours of my time because in part my hair is not so tangled from trying to get out that build up of all the products that's in there um so anyway I wonder if you can speak a little on on products I know you're not probably trying to like do an ad for products, but about what people should look for in terms of a quality product.
1: Yeah, that gets a little bit uh, tricky, I guess, because it can go down a rabbit hole of ingredients. And I never want clients to feel like they now have to have a degree in cosmetic chemistry to understand what products to purchase. Um, I usually say it's easiest to try and partner with a curl specialist so that they can recommend things um, specifically for your hair care needs, but at the basis um, you want to keep it down to just a shampoo, a conditioner, and one to two styling products. Um, and trying to kind of avoid buzzwords like uh, minimizing frizz or. Um, products saying that it's going to make the hair shiny, things like that can be very gimmicky. And a lot of times they're putting that on products because they know that that's enticing us, not necessarily because it's what the product is delivering. Um, So in that sense, you do wanna become discerning in terms of what language is uh, authentic versus what is more so a a marketing tactic. Yeah, like selling us what we wanna hear about things that (laughs) may not necessarily
0: be achievable or even desirable. So what I found interesting with that class that I did with you um, last month was you all actually asking me what my goals for my hair were and not assuming that it it needs to be straight or that it needs to be like laying flat or not for like just actually asking me what it is. And I was like, oh, you know what? And I realized, and you asked me that question, like I just want it to be healthy and I want it to be hydrated. And like we can cut off as much as we need to i know not everybody feels that way um but yeah just phrasing it in that way that it's okay to think about what you want rather than what marketing has been telling you you
1: should want that's huge Yeah, yeah absolutely and sometimes we don't even realize that what we think we want is a part of the conditioning of what the companies have told us so yeah taking time to slow down like what is it that i really want or what i thought i want wanted? Why did I want that? Um, Even something as simple as shine, understanding that for some of us, our hair texture isn't going to appear shiny and that doesn't Mm mean it's less healthy. Yeah. Yeah. When it first comes out, it's interesting. When
0: I first do it now, when I first wash it and I come out and I look in the mirror and I'm like, it is actually shiny and a deeper color, right? Because it's moisturized and it has all that water and good product in it. And it's amazing the difference, right? When you can see when your hair is hydrated and when it's when it's not and then that it feels healthier going forward so I appreciated that distinction and just in general I wanted to ask you about working with how did it morph into you working as a teacher with other stylists because even for me to just witness that as a client it was very healing to like see those eight or ten other people who were in the room who were like I want to learn about curly hair Mm -hmm. I want to know how to take care of it and they were asking really good questions. And even though it wasn't like, I mean, I was just there to be the head, (laughs) but everybody, you know, treated me like a human and, you know, it was very considerate. And I, I thought, well, this is a wave of change. Like me growing up as a kid and my grandmother, like dragging me around to all different salons to figure out how to tame my hair. That was the whole thing was just just deal with it and tame it. And so to actually want to care for it is a whole different, um, thing so how how did that morph from you being <clears throat> a stylist and then doing this great job with your clients and now you're like going all over the country, all over California. Like, it's amazing. So tell us
1: about that. Thank you. Yeah, a couple things. First, you were not just a head. (laughs) Um, I do intentionally take live models because Mm -hmm. I want stylists to understand there's a story uh, connected to the hair that we're doing and how much of a difference that makes, even asking you what your goals are versus us just mindlessly styling a doll head that people's goals are different, Mm -hmm. or past experiences. They're bringing into the salon are going to affect the way the appointment goes or the way that you build that trust and rapport. Um, So, you were more than ahead. So, I appreciate (laughs) appreciate you. And I'm glad that you felt them treating you as such, as as a human that Mm -hmm. you are. Um, So, actually, my start with educating stylists I started educating stylists while I was still in beauty school. Um, Yeah. So, before I got into hair, I've always loved teaching. I used to tutor middle school and elementary school students. I thought that I actually wanted to go into education, Um, so technically I am in education just in the hair realm. Um, So I got a job working for a curly hair brand while I was still in beauty school to go around Northern California teaching other stylists about their products. Um, They just didn't know I was still in beauty school, so that part... (laughs) 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you go in with enough confidence. I had the um, knowledge from what the brand taught me and I was basically walking them through the process of cleansing, conditioning and styling with their line. Um, so that was how I got my start. And then it was maybe a year or so after that, that I transitioned into educating independently of any brands. That way I could speak to the wide variety of products I was using and how to kind of choose different ones based on what clients need. Um, so yeah, that's always been a goal because I knew that there is a world of curly hair clients out there and I'm only one person. So instead of just trying to serve consumers by way of um, serving stylists that we can reach more curly clients and knowing that in the long run, more clients are being served. Um, so that's a big passion of mine because I want to see a world where curly clients can choose stylists, you know, based on the connection they have with them as a person and not just by way of they're the closest stylist to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, that's amazing. It's interesting. I've talked to a lot of,
0: um, <clears throat> Caucasian women or women with quote unquote, naturally straight hair. I mean, I, cause you know, anyone of any background could have straight hair. <laughs> it's assumed right. That everybody has um, curly hair, but a lot of people have been so used to straightening for so long that they've never realized that they have a a natural wave pattern. They thought they always had straight hair and they're discovering, or they've gone through a medical situation, which has somehow resulted in their hair becoming curly. And so I'm curious as a hair professional in your journey, what you're seeing out there in the field, like who's coming to see you and and what they want to learn. And then how are things changing in the salon world, like through what you've seen um, as an educator going out there?
1: Mmm, can you ask that again? Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: More of how you're seeing the landscape change as who's a client for you, um, what the stylists are looking for in terms of learning, just like how the landscape has changed, because I feel like my experience with you, um, Frida is growling at the door, everybody, so just enjoy that part. Um, She wants to come in and be part of the conversation. Yeah, how the landscape is changing, because to me, it's completely different than when I was a kid growing up. But I'm like, I feel like almost a revolution has happened in terms of um, hair care and and what's available now. I also, as most listeners know, grew up in Canada. So there's really like the ethnic component there. It's not like there aren't black people there, but it's it's even a smaller fraction of what we have here in the United States. So the hair care options at that time were even more limited than what we would have had in the United States. And so there were times we went across the border to Michigan (laughs) to try to get someone to figure out how to do white hair. So yeah, just in the course of your lifetime and in your journey as a hair professional, um, how things have shifted
1: yeah i think the biggest thing just that there is more of an option for folks who want to come into the salon curly and leave curly um that has become more prevalent um in terms of them being able to find a stylist that supports that Mm -hmm. um and it's, it's it's slow getting there, um, but mm-hmm. as a result, I think of more clients pushing for that than it is also creating a shift in stylists offering services that cater to that. Um, I think the biggest thing I've seen as a result of that shift that I think is, let me not say the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that's mm-hmm. really beautiful um, is younger clients. Um, so I serve as young as 13, 13 years old and it's just so exciting to have clients who are teenagers who have never had a relaxer, haven't really had it straightened and they're coming in for regular curly cuts. I had one client I started serving her at 13 and I served her all the way up until right before she left for college and did her curly cut before she flew out to college. And that's just so touching that now she's empowered to care for her hair and not go through the struggles we went through of, you know, trying to find a braider or figuring out how to wear it. Um, So I think shifts like that are are opening the eyes, I think too, of salon professionals to expand the services they're offering. Um, also too, to, to see that it's not just Black women or even just women of color with curly hair that the clientele I have mm-hmm. um, is widely diverse. Um, and so to your point too, of folks thinking they naturally had straight hair, that they sometimes um, learn that it's actually wavy or have some type of curl to it. Um, and having that education kind of helps people discover that.
0: Yeah. I wonder if do you sometimes feel a little bit like you're I mean, people talk about this all the time, like in barbershops and hair salons, like you're a bit of a a therapist because there is some real trauma that that people can go through with what their experiences have been. How does that come up or get addressed through what you do because i kind of feel like with every
1: client in some way or maybe it's just me (laughs) (laughs) but it feels like a therapy
0: session every time i come in yeah
1: no it's not just you i do fight against taking on the term of therapist (laughs) I do not have the clinical training <laughs> to <laughs> do that but you are right that there is a level of holding space for a lot of uh sometimes trauma, negative experiences and I find that that tends to be the biggest hurdle once people get through that mental hurdle of things that they're unlearning or negative experiences or even negative self-talk that the actual uh, technical skills they're learning are really easy. So um, yeah, it takes a lot of intention and mindfulness to hold space for those things. Um, And a lot of times the way that I do it is kind of reflecting back what folks are sharing um, and even trying to challenge and encourage like more positive self-talk or questioning things that we've kind of mindlessly taken on as practices that haven't been serving us, Mm -hmm. but maybe we're not aware that they're not serving us because it's just something we've always done. Um, So yeah, really, really kind of uh, slowly walking folks through that um, and recognizing that sometimes uh, those things don't get solved in one session, that I'm just really more so planting seeds and asking questions. And a lot of times over time, then folks are like, okay, now I kind of see where you're coming from, or I'm understanding that benefit now. Um, So understanding that it is a process. Yeah.
0: There's um something that I was thinking of when I was in your chair the last time, and even just doing my own hair since then, now that it's easier, it's kind of like an approach. A lot of women, I think, think about their hair as like with working out, no pain, no no gain. And there's videos on the internet that are like so upsetting about, you know, first time little girl gets a relaxer and how much that hurts. And I was kind of thinking about how when we reverse, when we reverse that trend. So like when I sit in your chair and you, like I came in that before picture, I was like, I couldn't believe it when I saw it afterwards because my hair was just like all over the place. And then to leave with it completely done, moisturized in the way I love it to look and there was not one incident of pain at all. Mm. Not in the detangling, not in the washing. The other thing too, a misconception I think is out there is about the washing of the hair. Like we had to detox my hair because there was like such a product buildup. Even though I wash my hair every week, it was the products that I was using that were leaving a residue on there. Also, I was it was interesting to hear you all talk about uh, the hard water. Which could Mm. be building up on my hair. And so, once you washed it like three or four times, whatever it was, and in my mind, I was like, oh my God, I've never washed my hair this many times. It's going to be so dry. But no, it ended up just like bringing my hair to that point, like I said, where when I left, it was shiny, it was detangled. Can you talk about that? How, I mean, I guess that's what I've just said, but maybe more from your perspective as a professional and what you've learned about why that's so important and how to ease people's concerns about you know why this washing with these particular products is is so important to remove that that buildup, and yeah that client actually yeah. told a story about a client who had a hard water situation and it ended up prevent providing some insight.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, so much of that just isn't taught to us um, as consumers and even Mm -hmm. as stylists. A lot of times that's not we don't dive deep into that in beauty school. Um, So folks just don't know the effects of some of those things. So a lot of times products are formulated in a way where it's giving us immediate gratification with shine or Mm -hmm. feeling. Um, But as a result, it's also coating the hair and making it difficult for water to get into the hair. Um, And that's where it can lead to long term buildup. Very similar to to your case where you are cleansing it regularly, but you're cleansing it with things that are coating it. So you're not realizing that it's kind of a you're fighting against the thing that you're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of uh, challenge with that as well is that shampoo has been demonized. So I think for a long time people were using shampoos that were too harsh for their hair, causing it to feel dried and and stripped. Um, And so instead of switching to an alternative shampoo, the curly hair world said, all shampoo is bad. Let's just use conditioner or let's just use overly um, moisturizing shampoo that's kind of sitting on top of the hair. Um, So yeah, it can be a a process um, for folks to understand how even though their hair is technically clean, it is stained by product buildup that is making it difficult for hydration to be achieved. Um, So yeah, using cleansers that are going to help remove that and then knowing that we're following up with a a conditioner that's helping to um, carry that water back into the hair to get it hydrated um yeah, so i think a big aspect of that is sometimes knowing that it's a long-term process so even after that three or four times we cleansed your hair that since then you've been slowly removing the buildup as well with switching to a, a different shampoo mm-hmm.
0: i know after i every time i wash my hair i'm like it's gonna get hard again and, and it doesn't it doesn't so <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you guys got to get on her, her appointment book or on her wait list to take her courses because it will change your life. It has totally uh, changed mine. And so I want to reinforce that. Not uh, This is not just somebody, you guys know, everybody I have on the show is 99% of the time someone I know personally, uh, actually, it's always somebody that I know personally. I've never had a complete stranger on the show and but 99% of the time I also know them in real life like sometimes it's virtual virtual friendship but for the most part um yeah Camila's as as real as it as it gets um, I wanted to so when we met I wanted to talk in terms of of hair care but also just your life in general because when I first met you through the Afro yoga gatherings and we were talking about how we create um, self care practices and what we do. And when you had spoken up about like, so I'm I'm in a salon, I see like one person after the the other and like, how do I clear my space? And, you know, all those sort. I mean, that was years ago and I know you've evolved since then. But I'm curious, what are some of your non-negotiable self care practices, how you stay grounded um, so that you're able to do your best work?
1: Yeah. Um, It's funny you say non-negotiables because even (laughs) if it's non-negotiables, I still fall off. Um, But that is so important to, uh, and it's a question also that I ask clients. Um, Most clients, if they've been in my chair, I ask, how do you pour back into yourself? And so then I have to walk the walk um, with that. So a few things, um, a really big thing for me is journaling. So always trying to make time, even if it's not every day, several times uh, throughout the week, making time to get my thoughts out on paper. It's really easy for those thoughts to kind of swirl in my brain um, and kind of how stressful and chaotic that can feel. So it really grounds me to get those thoughts out on paper um, and sometimes can help me to see that things aren't as stressful as they feel inside of my head or help me to process things. Um, So that's huge movement in some type of way, whether it's uh, stretching or yoga. Um, I've recently fallen off, but um, working out weight training has been really huge for me um, in the sense that with me being on my feet and using my shoulders and back a lot, kind of reinforcing that strength training has helped with my posture and experiencing less pain um, with how much I'm using my body so that's huge. Um, And then staying connected with my community. Uh, So that's been something I've really been actively working on probably the past two years of just checking in with friends and loved ones, um, whether it's through phone calls, texts, or being able to hang out um, in any small or large way. That's been huge with just kind of disconnecting from work and not just Staying so much in my head or in my bubble, which can be really easy. Um, so, being able to stay connected with people that kind of make me feel uplifted and and um, and filled um, has been huge.
0: Yeah, no, oh, I love all of that. It's it's important. I almost feel like in the the industry that you're in, um, I have a lot of people in my family who work in the dental field and in the medical field. But there's so much of that repetitive movement right like you're bent over you're doing specific hand movements and it it can be very physically taxing to to keep doing those repetitive movements as much as you love how you're educating the client and creating these beautiful um styles and shapes it can be hard on hard on you um i'm also wondering as a small business owner um working with the public the internet social media like what are your kind of What are your challenges? How do you navigate that whole whole world of like you've got your practice and the thing you actually do, but then you're traveling to teach. You've got clients coming to you, but then you're like regularly posting all this. Do you have have staff like to help you do that? Are you are you the one woman show? Are you doing it all yourself?
1: Um, so I'm not entirely a one woman show, Mm -hmm. all social media and education is all me. Um, I do have an amazing administrative assistant, um, Wanda, who actually started off as a client when I used to braid hair out of my apartment and, uh, we stayed connected and she has a background in, um, administration. Um, so she helps me with my emails, which is like the thing that is very difficult for me to stay on top of um so that really helps in terms of uh filtering sifting through and also responding to people on my behalf but social media um my digital education stylist education all of that i am um I am doing myself. So it is, uh, it's never a boring day, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, I think when it comes to social media, a big thing is just, for me, always trying to stay connected with people who are positive um, and building real life friendships. So I've actually made a lot of friends through social media. Um, so doing that has been huge. And then when it comes to any sort of negative aspects of social media, just having to remember people don't know me in real life. Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of times people that are, are making different comments like that. So really just finding a healthy balance with who I'm surrounding myself with. Do you get a lot of negative blowback? Well, depending on the platform, Uh yes. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. I get things like primarily around the length of my hair with it being short that they don't trust the information because I don't have much hair. Yeah, so that's a big part. And then with me talking about no oils, um, I've had people say that I'm anti-Black because I'm telling them to do something that is against what we have learned to do as Black people for years. Yeah. So I get I get some interesting (laughs) comments and
0: feedback. My word. I get I mean, there's negativity everywhere, I guess. Like you said, like learning to shield yourself from that and it's like, but your clientele, your videos, your career, like you teaching other professionals, like speaks for itself. Like your feed is just full of the Cut It, what was it you told me when I was there? The hashtag Cut It Kinky, yeah. right? Was that it? Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible the stories that, um, journeys, I should say, not story story, stories that people have gone through to Mm -hmm. to get to that point. And I mean, like photo after photo, video after video, every client you do, I know you document um, their process and what the results are. So it's like, it's hard to argue with that, but I guess you're right. (laughs) You would think. Oh my word. Yeah. So you definitely have to bring in those self so just be like, "Hey, I'm I'm getting hired <laughs> to teach all over the country because it's working." So regardless of what my people will just stoop sometimes like I I Oh, man.
1: Yeah, and I realize it's just people get riled up when you're challenging like a deep-seated belief that they have. So I just try not to take it personal. And as you've said, the the work speaks for itself or like I always say, the hair doesn't lie. So I'm not just saying it just to say it. Um, the, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. Well,
0: like today, we were talking before we went live. For those of you who are on, on YouTube, so my hair, because I've got the digital background, so it's like you can't really see it and so I did it last night and at the very end I forgot because an old old habits die hard as Camille was just saying and I squeezed out all the moisture from my hair before getting out of the shower and I was like no because the point is to leave it in so that you can retain that moisture for a little bit but like you live and learn so how many years I've been coming to see Camille and I still (laughs) did that last night the last few few washes since I've seen you it's been like I've been good and then last night I just forgot. Um, so yeah, it's a process of, of relearning and, and learning again, and then seeing what happens afterwards, right? When, when you follow the steps, oh, so that's what we should talk about actually, because you've got a, um, a course coming up starting on December 10th.
1: Um,
0: that's education for, for clients, right? Like at, at home, everyday people tell us about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I'm excited. Um, The Curl Coaching Circle, um, we're launching cohort three, so this will be the third round. And it's a six-week virtual coaching program where I walk clients through simplified curl care at home. So with video tutorials, slideshows, as well as uh, weekly live Zoom calls, I'm guiding folks through how to simply cleanse, condition, and style their hair to get consistent wash and go results for themselves. Um, So it's a great way to kind of dispel myths as well as um, really show in depth how simple the process can be. Um, And also for folks that might be in areas where it's difficult for them to access curl specialists to have access to me for six weeks to really answer any and all questions um, that one might have with kind of getting through this process. Oh, Nice.
0: So where is the best place for people to um, find out more about that or sign up?
1: yes great question um that's where the uh one woman show is uh <laughs> challenge. Um, right now it is this through instagram my instagram page is camille janae hair um and i have a link in that bio that takes you to the wait list um so those on the wait list will have first access to enroll once enrollment opens up okay cool so c-a-m-i-l-l-e
0: J-A-N-A-E-H-A-I-R. Camille Janay here. I'll put the links um, in the bio, like the show notes of this podcast. And also when we're posting on the my.yoga.audio Instagram, I'll provide links to Camille's page so you can find that and um, sign up there and follow her. I mean, even, even just to look at the inspiration that's on her page, but I encourage you to sign up for the the coaching course too, especially if you're at a distance, cause that, or also to get appointments is that the same place. Um, people should go to if they're local or are willing to make the trip to Sacramento to yeah. sign up.
1: Yeah. If they're wanting an in-person appointment, um, information about that can be on the salon's website, which is mahoganyandrose.com. Okay.
0: Yes, that's right. Um, what else? is on your heart or your mind that you think is important to share? What has this conversation kind of sparked for you? Or maybe even because I know we were together last two weekends ago at Afro yoga um, gatherings, which was a very powerful event. I'm so glad, like, I'm just so grateful that we connected through that. And Angie, as you know, is such a blessing for bringing together community and like-hearted like people that um i'll be forever grateful to have met her and you and so many others um through that avenue of of gathering like you said earlier like community is so important to you but what else is on your mind whether it's about hair or community or just your personal life goals like where where are you heading next
1: yeah um well shout out to angie always bringing (laughs) amazing people together um, where is my life taking me? Right now, the biggest goal is to build the salon team. My um vision for the longest time has been to have a central salon in the heart of Sacramento where folks know they can go to be serviced. Um, again, with the idea that I can't serve everyone. So I really want to be a place where um stylists who are passionate about curly hair can get the guidance and support that I didn't have starting off in the industry, and also where Uh, clients can go to more than one stylist um, to get those services and know that they're going to get um, a consistent experience um, in a way where we're all kind of uh, working as a team. So that's kind of my big thing in addition to that, just kind of broadening the education I offer between the digital offerings, um, as well as education for stylists. So wanting to serve more stylists globally, um, as well as locally within California and the US. Um, So a lot of my my goals have been around uh, work um, because I'm so passionate about it. I really feel it's my life's work to, to spread education and empower people um, by way of kind of simplifying their routine and finding a way to fall in love with their hair again, I think is kind of the biggest thing. Um, so I guess within that, um, if anyone's listening where some of this sounds kind of shocking or mind boggling, um, just kind of being open-minded, um, and assessing what challenges and struggles you're having and being open to knowing that there is a solution out there, um, that our hair isn't inherently difficult and it doesn't have to stay that way way um so that there is a way to to love your hair um in a way that is going to be uh simple and um something that you can replicate for yourself at home and feel uh freedom from that I think is the biggest thing yeah
0: so incredible I mean I was in my 40s before I met you so that's life-changing for me and so it warms my heart to hear you've met kids essentially teenagers right who've had that love and care from the start like how different their journey is going to be going forward. Like you've really impacted their lives. And now I'm wondering, my mind is going with the education that you were talking about, like how in beauty school, how do they, or do they at all deal with the curly hair question? Because I'm like, for a comparison, there's another episode I'm working on, um, that's looking at women's health and how even for like, OBGYNs they don't really spend any time looking at the journey of the woman's body they just focus on childbirth so if you have any other experience as a woman outside childbirth they don't get the training really unless they do extra specialties outside of medical school they don't get the training on that so they're not prepared to deal with perimenopause or menopause they're not really trained to deal with you know, as as much as we might think, we th- and so I'm like, Hi. oh, what do I want to bet that that's probably the same across a lot of industries.
1: Yeah, sadly, yeah, it's the same for hair. Um, we learned how to cut curly hair once and it was wet and stretched out, which wasn't really mindful of the doll heads curls. Um, Outside of that, the textured hair portion of beauty school is all about relaxers, straightening the hair, blowing it out. So it was all about how to alter the curls. Mm -hmm about how to enhance um, or celebrate someone's naturally curly hair so um, folks that are interested usually have to invest in advanced education outside of beauty school so that is that's like a whole nother tangent of a conversation of, of something that I think really needs to change on a larger scale for sure. Yeah. Now I'm like, there needs
0: to be a Camille Janay Beauty School.
1: (laughs) I know. And is always telling me, she's like, I'm waiting for you to open that school. And I would say that's probably like a big, big, big goal um, that I would love to see come to fruition one day because it does need to start at the the basic education level. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it just starts with like, you know, more than an hour of
0: class of at least at li- if that if that hour was dedicated towards like not altering the, the hair but just yes. caring for the hair right and for what it needs that's I think stuff like that helps to fuel the misperceptions yes. surrounding our hair and also in terms of what for- forms public opinion because like when it's not talked about so people all the time will like ask me about my and I really don't mind. If a total stranger came up and touched my hair, that's a different <laughs> different story. But for people to earnestly, you know, have a have a question and ask about it, I'm like, yeah, and like I'm learning along with you too because you know, I was taught for the longest time you just need to control it and like cut it or pull it back or whatever. And so I'm grateful for the landscape now that really advocates. I mean, Instagram it's it's interesting. A lot of people um deride social media and like selfie culture and this and that and I guess there's negative parts to it but I love the the freedom of expression and like seeing all these different types of hair out there and the hair processes and how people because I think that educates the public as a whole too like when everything's like kept inside of this like hidden box from from each other and from ourselves it doesn't it doesn't serve anyone
1: Um, right I agree and it can be so affirming to see the variety of different curl patterns and people kind of sharing their journey and struggles um Mm -hmm. that we don't feel so alone with some of those things yeah yeah oh my goodness so after your december so your december 10th
0: curl coaching program runs for six weeks so that's into the New Year. Do you do those cyclically? Is that something you think you'll offer again in spring? I guess that probably, right? This is round three, you said?
1: Yes, this is Mm -hmm. round three. So I've done three this year. So um, the idea is to run at least three um, a year. So within the seasons, Um, yeah, so that's been I'm making a face because I'm like, that's been a little bit sporadic. But the goal is to have it planned out throughout the year when I offer those. Okay. And then what about for stylists? I don't know
0: if you have any other ones upcoming because I there's at least a couple of other stylists that I know that may be um, listening in and who knows where the podcast reaches. Do you have any upcoming uh, courses you'll be teaching at salons?
1: I don't have any set up just yet. I do Mm -hmm. have an email list for stylists though. And that link is in my bio on the Instagram page. Um, But at the start of the new year, I do plan to host my first in-person class at the new salon space now that there's a lot more room. So that is in the works um, of offering a curly cutting class for stylists. And then later in uh, 2023, I'll be launching a digital um, education course for stylists Um, that way kind of reach stylists who are not vocal. Oh, see, so the Camille (laughs) Janet Curly
0: School is in the works. Oh, I love it. That's very exciting. You have a lot of things coming up.
1: A lot, yes. I'm very excited about um, all of it. Um, Yeah, so needed.
0: Mm -hmm. And well, and for everybody, this explains why you release your appointments for the month ahead, like two weeks before that month right because i subscribe to camille's newsletter so when she sends out the newsletter she lets you know when the appointment blocks are opening up and you got to get on it quick because (laughs) they will fill up because she's a busy lady um but yeah definitely more than than worth it actually i wondered if you had a few more minutes to tell us a little bit about the appointment process like What's a console? What's the curly cut? What's the like deep, I think I've had everything. And then the, the deep condition and, <laughs> and style at some point or another.
1: Yeah, um, yes. So usually an appointment is um, heavily education-based, especially for a new client. So um, it includes having folks hold the mirror up while they're at the shampoo bowl and walking them through how I'm cleansing, conditioning, and styling. So showing you exactly how much of each product I'm using and how to work it into your hair. I also like for clients to be able to feel their hair during and after each step so that they kind of know what they should be feeling for at home. Um, And so with the styling, our goal is just to enhance your natural curl pattern so there's no altering like twist outs, braid outs, finger coils. We're just applying product to capture your natural curl pattern. Um, From there, we'll get you fully dry. And then we discuss a game plan around your cut. Um, So going through inspiration photos, as well as just showing you your hair and kind of talking you through what needs to be cut for the health of it and kind of the directions we can go in terms of shapes and what you're uh, feeling comfortable with. Um, And so the hair is cut dry in its curly state so that we can account for the different curl patterns and creating a custom shape that you feel confident wearing out. Um, And then from there, we just kind of recap all of the steps so that you're feeling confident about replicating that process at home and going over what products are needed to kind of carry you through in between the salon visits. Um, So that's kind of what someone can expect from a a typical curly cut service.
0: Nice. Yeah,
1: she's very thorough. Actually, that
0: was probably one of my favorite parts of or is one of my favorite parts of an appointment with you is going through each step and being like oh this is what it should feel like after you've um put the gel in and like how much water 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 people <laughs> well yes. it's 50 50 50 approximately 50 percent water 50 percent product the mistake a lot of us make is just putting on more product hoping it's going to solve whatever issue we think we have and sometimes that makes the problem a lot worse. So that was a huge, huge learning curve for me. And I think for a lot of us where that comes from like, well, if I just put more oil or more butter, if I just soften it some more, it will be easier. And it's, yeah, it's the complete opposite of of what you think. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I can't recommend it enough you guys. it's worth the, the weight it's worth the, and it's, I mean, you're not there for an hour you're there for a few yeah, hours
1: you know, two and a half hours depending on your hair anywhere between two and a half to three hours
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so
1: very in-depth yeah
0: it's quality time with with camille and with yourself you know and really learning mm-hmm. as you go along this is not someone who just like takes your hair and does it and then you leave and you have no idea how to get it like that again
1: right right that's the biggest thing i want to avoid especially because i'm only advising clients to come in every three to four months or so so i really want folks to feel empowered to care for it in between those salon visits um the salon shouldn't be the only time that you're feeling beautiful yeah it's the
0: special time because you know the the specialist always knows how to make it extra nice but yeah i was pleasantly surprised that i could like mostly i feel like it was like 90 percent of what you had done but i was missing one of the products that's why now i have the other product um yeah that uncle funky's daughter <laughs> stuff this smells great and it does a wonderful job on my hair at least yes i love it And actually for those of you i know some people follow me on my personal instagram which is Love in this life i did a reel of that experience um with camille and at the salon in berkeley so maybe i'll repost it Here with this episode so you can all see it so it has some of Camille's footage and some of Marmalade Salon's footage and the stylists who were there so it kind of shows the different steps of um, the process and then yeah of course follow along with uh, Camille's pages and stay informed with her newsletter so you'll know when appointments become available and you can sign up and I just want to encourage you Camille to keep going on this amazing journey you're on because you're a you're a healer uh in in that way it's really the, a woman's well men too i mean i'm sure you have male clients right that have curly hair like it's a similar journey for them too especially if they want to grow their hair and not keep it short um uh, to be able to have them be healthy and the way they want it to be and fulfill their their hair goals. So yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. It's, uh, something I'm, I'm passionate about and I'm grateful that I've been able to connect with so many amazing people like yourself. Um, and the trust that you all give me means a lot. So I don't take it lightly when people kind of bring that, um, those experiences in and allow me to kind of guide you towards something more simple. Yeah. Even
0: just your way, I want to appreciate it. Cause when you were showing me in the mirror at our last appointment, like where the damage line was. So FYI for people, if you're like me, and a lot of times take the (laughs) lazy way out and just tie your hair up because you like don't wanna deal with your hair being down, that can be damaging too. So there was a very clear line that Camille showed me on my head that basically is from me rewrapping the elastic band. It's a hair band, not an actual rubber band, but There was, I'd done damage from um, doing that to my hair for too long. And then saying, hey, we can cut it here, get rid of all of this, or we can just do a little work our way up to something shorter. So she's not gonna be like, we need to hack this off. Cause I know a lot of people have had that experience too, and they may not feel prepared for it. So know that with someone like Camille, she's not gonna be like, we have to do this to, you know, to make this right. She always works with you and what your comfort zone
1: is so absolutely yeah building the trust is way Mm -hmm. more important than me cutting it the way i want to when you're the one living with it so
0: yeah yeah no that's huge that's huge so thank you thank Thank you again so much and continue to keep us informed when you've got new courses new openings we'll post that along too so um people who are following us can can find it from our channel as as well and we'll promote it in our stories and on the page um and yeah we'll be adding this episode to the website and all of the podcast channels and on YouTube so everybody stay tuned you can come back and refer to it for some of these tips
1: yeah thank you I'll definitely keep you posted on all of that this was a great conversation I'm I'm so grateful
0: yeah I
1: am too oh
0: amazing all right everybody thank you for joining us for another episode of my uh, my yoga audio um as you know these interviews are not necessarily always about yoga but about how we live our yoga out in the world the the limbs of yoga there are very many and so i'm interested in talking about all the healing modalities and of which caring for ourselves and caring for our hair um, is a big part of that so i want to thank camille for being such an amazing guest today and not just for that but for the work she does out in the world for people everywhere to learn uh, about how loving themselves our last two guests have been talking a lot about loving learning to love yourself whatever the the situation may be with um Jesse. it was like working with women who are incarcerated and working with Griselda it was like surviving a really tenuous childhood and like what she's doing out in the world to counteract that and help teach others about how their lives can be different too and to me hair is not a frivolous thing it can be looked at that way but it's really important to um, our self to our identity to our community um, and to the healing process in general so Thank you again, Camille. And thank you again, listeners, for being here on this journey. Please give us your feedback on the Spotify questions and on the website. You can email me at any time at myyogaaudio at gmail.com if you've got questions, ideas for shows, or want to be a guest yourself. So we'll talk to you soon. and In the meantime, remember, it's always a great time for your mind and your body to be on the mat. Thank you